This episode of the Raider Take Podcast is brought to you by Rise Collective Salon. Rise Collective is a company brought together by two friends who had a vision of bringing you high-end service with a friendly hometown atmosphere. Whether you're wanting a simple tight fade like Josh Jacobs, stylish cut like Foster Moreau, or something unique to you like Henry Ruggs, Rise Collective Salon has you covered for all your game day cuts. Located at 760 Camino Ramon in Danville, Rise Collective adheres to the highest standards of cleanliness and sanitation, so you can be sure your visit will always be handled with your safety in mind. Visit risecollectivedanville.com to book an appointment with Deanna or Ashley. Once again, the website is risecollectivedanville.com. Rise above the competition. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Halftime of the Raider games. If we weren't raking up leaves, we were outside throwing the pigskin around. Welcome everybody to the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me as always is Andy McDonald. And boy, do we have a big week ahead of us against the Cleveland Browns. How you doing today? All right. You know, I turned the turn the page from last week. You know, we're traveling, traveling eastbound to the old beautiful city of Cleveland, mm-hmm. right off Lake Erie. I believe that was in luck of the Irish. Yes. Um, no, I'm doing doing well, man. You know, I'm excited to to get back into the optimistic mindset um, and get past that loss from last Sunday. So, you know, excited to break this thing down um, just to give you guys an idea of what the rundown is. As usual, um, we will go into mortal locks. Um, as you know, Micah is on top five and two for the year. I am at a very pedestrian three and four. It's okay, but you know, we'll get into that. Michael will kick us off there. We'll jump into the preview um, as we do, as you know, as always, we pinball back and forth. Michael will take the offense this week. I'll take the defense against the Browns here. We'll close it out with listener questions and we'll wrap this baby up. So week eight, more to lock. Who you got? Well, I'd like to first say must be kind of a, a lucky number for me, uh, that five and two record, because not that anyone cares, but both my fantasy teams are sitting at five and two right now as well. So. Got to try trifecta on the number. And this week for my mortal lock, I am going with the Seattle Seahawks at minus three against the San Francisco 49ers. The reason I am going that route is because I think that the Niners are very overrated. And the Niners, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the Niners on fraud alert because, because I feel like getting to situations where Jimmy G will just go off and, you know, it's like, all right, we, you know, he's the guy that we gave him all the money for. And then he just doesn't look any better than that third string backup for the Cowboys, de Blasio, which is false. Cause I think that's New York's mayor. But anyways, I think this, you know, the Seahawks are coming off a big loss to Arizona and the Niners are coming off a big win against the Patriots and then beating the Rams previous to that. And I think that people are high on him at the moment, but the Seahawks are way better than a field goal. I think they're going to blow him out of the water. You look at how does Shanahan like to really get things going through a run game. 
He's always had a really good run game. I believe Wilson is out and saw something today saying that um, McKinnon was battling tired legs, which I'm not sure what that really means as far as the injury report, except for just that, you know, it's week eight of the NFL and he's tired. Oh boy's tired. He's just got yeah. them tired legs. Hurt or injured, tired yeah. legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should just, they should go the route of hockey and just go upper or lower body injury. Anyways. So I think they're going to have to try to rely on Jimmy G. I think that uh, it's Seattle's just going to go up on him quick. Jimmy G is going to try to have to compete in a shootout with Russell Wilson. And he just will not do that. So I got the Seahawks more than covering that minus three spread. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a good, good little risk. It's one of the tougher games of the week. Um, so, I mean, but being five and two, like you are, you can take those calculated risks. You know, that was a game that I considered, but you know, like we talk about three points is basically saying this is a pick em. You know, you got San Francisco going to Seattle um, neutral side. This would just be a pick em. You got Seattle coming off a loss um, that was Sunday night game. Um, which was awesome. Very exciting. So I think you can kind of leverage that momentum a little bit in a sense where they're going to be fired up and wanting to prove themselves. Niners coming off two big dubs, but as you mentioned, you don't know what Jimmy G you're going to get. So I like the pick. I was too, I was too scared to go after it. So really someone did. I feel it, it, like it's disrespectful that it's a pick on between those two teams, but it's disrespectful. But I think it's the, the fact of the matter is it's less about the Niners players and more about the system. The Seattle defense sucks. I think you can, anyone can score on them. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I think Shanahan is just on a roll right now. Um, I think he's tough to scheme against and he's just going to put his players in the best position to succeed. Um, and that defense, as I mentioned, is, is bad, but then you got Russell Wilson on the other side and every Seahawks game is, is wild, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's they're up two scores or down two scores, you know, it's going to be a last, last minute decision there. So I, I agree. I think the Seahawks are more than three points better than the Niners, but it's the Shanahan effect. And that always scares me. But you know, who knows? Yeah. I, if if you we'll if out. you're right, I would be happy because I hate the Niners. So mm-hmm. I respect Shanahan. I want to put that out there, but I hate the Niners to the core. So I'll back you there. So what I have, you know, as we mentioned, I've talked a lot about my ups and downs of the year. I've had some wins, I've had some losses, more losses and wins. I'm three and four. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the Rams on the road minus three and a half, traveling to Miami couple reasons why is I feel that the Rams had a kind of, it was that weird Monday night game last week. So it's a short week for them, um, which I don't look too much into. I know they're traveling on the East coast, but you know, that was a tough bears defense and they were able to kind of grind it out. I think the Rams defense is a lot better um, than they have been. Um, they're tightening up. And then you also factor into a making his first start against that really tough front uh, front four that the Rams offer with Aaron Donald right in the middle. So I understand that Rams coming off short week. I think Dolphins had a, you know, Dolphins had a bye and had two weeks to get two prepared. But I also, that's why I think it's so close. And because it's so close, I'm good with that. Like, I think it could be a close game, 28, 24, and I still cover. Um, but I think two is going to have a tough time getting in rhythm. You know, he's, he is not elusive. It kind of seems like people think he is. He's more about like he can escape and make a throw on the run, but he's not going to take off. So you've seen Russell Wilson, you've seen Kyler Murray beat the Rams D with their D line so strong. It's because they can take off and run. Two is more of like in rhythm, um, you know, quick trigger guy. Um, he can he can escape the pocket, but he's not trying to use his legs too much. So I think that he's going to struggle. Um, I think he's going to see a lot of different fronts there, a lot of things that are going to expose his limited experience, which I like to have, but um, you have Devonte Parker who's banged up. Um, so he's questionable going into it. 
I couldn't even name another receiver on the, on the Dolphins if I tried, but then you have Jalen Ramsey. So Parker's going and he's 80%. You got Jalen Ramsey getting you. So good luck. Let alone, I think the Rams offense is, is coming into their own a little bit more. They had that setback against the Niners. Um, they had a tough grinded out game against the bears. I think this could be, it could be a wild one. Um, I think there's a lot of anticipation with Tua coming in for make his first start. And because they had the buy and because the Rams have a short week, I think that's why the line's so close. I bet against the Dolphins before, but, and they've wronged mm-hmm. me. They've wronged me before, um, but no Fitzpatrick. So I'm going to be like, okay, I might not get Fitz magicked. Um, and I'm going to take Rams minus three and a half going on the East coast against the Dolphins. We'll see how it shapes out. Once again, taking a 10 o'clock game. I want to get this thing done. I want to get it over with. I want to be back to 500, get the fans back going on my side. So that's where we are. We'll see how it shapes out, man. Um, I'm excited to, you know, I'm excited to just keep the momentum going. <laughs> Once again, I'm, I got rocked a little bit. You know, I kind of did the Daniel Jones where I got a little too ahead of myself and mm-hmm. tripped over my own feet back, you know, under 500, but that's okay. It's a long, long race. You're just going to keep chalking up dubs and I'm just going to be right on your heels. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm excited about that, but any thoughts there? Uh, no, I, I really like that pick as well. I think you look at uh, the fact also that Jared Goff has, hasn't been really playing that well and they were able to grind out a win against the bears, like you said, and uh, just the, uh, you know, uncertainty behind Tua is in my opinion, very easy to bet against because your first game in the NFL that you're starting, regardless of having two weeks to, to plan for it, you got to face Aaron Donald, who is just an absolute beast in the middle. And you're going to, like you said, the Rams defense is kind of coming in their own. And Ramsey is just going to lock down whoever they have out there. Hope, you know, and they hope that Parker is out there. But if he is, like you said, he's not going to be 100%. So, yeah, yep. I like it. I think it's, I think they easily go out there and just two touchdowns plus against them, get a W. Yeah. We'll see. All I need is four points. So that's, that's what I'm crossing my fingers for, but Mm. um, well, let's get into it, man. Let's get into this um, Raiders Browns matchup. Um, As mentioned, you're going to take the Raiders offense against the Browns defense. So Raiders are on the road. Currently the Browns are two and a half point favorites, which is fine. Um, They came off a big win against the Bengals um, where they came back. We'll get into kind of some some injury news there, um, at least on my end. And so how about you kick it off for the Raiders offense against the Browns defense? Yeah, um, I feel very confident going into this week. You know, it's a little disrespectful that the Browns are favored, but at that two and a half, you're looking, that's like you said, like we talked about with Seattle and the Niners, it's essentially a pick them going to the home team. So the Browns defense, they got three key players that I'm going to touch on for a minute. Obviously, defensive end, Miles Garrett, probably the best defensive end in the league, you know, one of them at least, and is just just an absolute animal on the outside. He's going to be by far the biggest thing we have to worry about, have to scheme towards. Luckily, we have some running backs that are good at helping, chipping, or picking up blitzes on other ends or, or you know, getting going to be able to kind of help, um, help with him uh, wherever he's at. The second player is cornerback Denzel Ward, who is – probably one of the, I would say, top 10 corners in the league, is going to probably match up, I would assume, try to match up on rugs or um, you know, just kind of lock down one of our better receivers. It's going to be interesting to see how he how he plays against it and, and how that ends up working out. And third player of note, not necessarily because he's a really good player, but strong safety, Carl Joseph. This is going to be a revenge game of sorts for him, you know, as a prior Raiders first-round draft pick is going to be an interesting game. Uh, I really liked him when he was on the team, but 
regardless, he's going to be out there. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how that fares out as well. Um, we are going up against a defense, though, that is almost as bad as our defense. Uh, they are giving up 31.6 uh, points a game. You know, their record looks good on paper, but I think they are, I mean, I guess similar to like how we've been doing. You've been having to rely on the offense, and you're going to obviously touch on that, but they're 21st overall in yards given up, 26 in pass, uh, passing touchdowns, 22nd in rushing touchdowns. So it's very favorable for us to be scoring a lot of touchdowns this game, which, you know, we've talked about many a times that the defense can do good enough. The offense will have to carry the game. And if we can put up points and if we're on, then we can go out there and, and you know, win a shootout against uh, the likes of the Chiefs. So I think there's a, uh, there's a little bit of hope that Brian Edwards will return this week, which would be great for our offense having Rugs and Edwards out there and kind of getting getting back to a little bit of full force with our receiving core. On the other hand of things, their defense is first in the league in turnovers. They got seven interceptions and 11 total fumbles recovered. So they're good at turning the ball over. And I think that's what's helped them kind of squeeze out some of these wins is, is winning that turnover battle. But you look at it and... They get routed by the uh, Ravens. They got routed by the Steelers. They barely won both of their games against the Bengals. They easily could have lost both those games. And then you got uh, a win over the Cowboys, who had the worst, has the worst defense in the league, essentially, uh, at least in points given up. So another win against the Washington football team. So you're obviously only as good as your record is, and you can't choose who you play. But they haven't played really. They haven't beat anybody really that good. And any of the good teams that they've played, they've kind of gotten routed against. So uh, I feel very confident going into this. I think we've seen our offense be, you know, full force and high power. And that's that's what it's going to take. They are uh, fifth in the league in overall yards given up uh, on the ground. So their defense, has, they do have a really good run defense. But I think if we've got, you know, Trent Brown back this week, we got our offensive line essentially at full force from what we've been used to with Richie out. I think we can, you know, get things started on the ground like we always talk about. They got to get the run game started, kind of set the tone with that. But I think we could have, you could see Carr have another really big game, see Josh Jacobs have a big game, and essentially just go out there and potentially win in a shootout. But it's all going to, you know, it's going to be very interesting, first and foremost, on how they control Miles Garrett and kind of go from there. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that's it's a good way to look at it. Um, you know, you're only as good as your record, and you take a look at the Raiders who, you know, beat the Panthers, Saints, and Chiefs, um, lost to the Bills, Patriots, and the Buccaneers. As we mentioned, I mean, all three of those games, we were in it, in the you know, in the fourth quarter. So, obviously, we lost. We're going to, you know, hang our hat. That's what happens. You know, <laughs> you lose, and that's what your record is. But I agree. We, I mean, we've just had a really tough schedule in the beginning, and I think – you know, I'm, I'm okay with being three and three rolling into it. Yeah. Same as me with my moral locks. I had a tough schedule kind of, kind of in the beginning. So um, I'm here to battle back. But when you said Carl Joseph, I totally forgot he was on the Browns. I know oh, he didn't yeah. exercise his option, but it triggered me. It gave me a little PTSD for a yeah. second. And so he was in the 2016 draft. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I might've been by myself. I might've been at Buffalo Wild Wings by myself and like a couple of buddies, kind of rolled over, watched a little bit of the draft. And I just, you know, planted my, my booty mm-hmm. right in the chair. And I just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here and watch this thing. And this was the draft where, I mean, tell me if you've heard this before, the Raiders needed a linebacker. <laughs> the 
the Raiders needed a linebacker. And I was like, huh, okay. Um, Well, two linebackers that I really like is Jalen Smith and Miles Jack. Jalen Smith just came off of that tough injury in in the bowl game. Um, so he, there was a question mark there and, and, and miles Jack had like a meniscus or something like that. So they both had some injury concerns, but you know, um, meniscus is a little less, um, damaging and something you can easily come back from. So I called you and I said, <laughs> they need to take miles Jack. And like, I know, dude, I know you really like this guy. I like this guy, we don't, whatever. And I was like, if they don't take miles Jack, I'm going to take 27 shots of fireball. <laughs> right. Obviously I did not. It was That's- 26, but um, so they didn't take him and I was just in misery and turns out miles Jack and Jalen Smith. Very good. I'm not an expert, but Carl Joseph isn't on our team anymore. Yeah. And then do you know what taking Carl Joseph ended up doing to us? 2016 yes. flash forward two years later. Yes. Well, then who, I, who do we, who do we pass on? We passed on Derwin James. Derwin James. Oh, okay. Injury history. Sure. He is probably top three safety in the league yeah. when he's healthy. Carl Joseph has caused me pain and mm-hmm. suffering when we drafted him and post draft. And now I'm, now I'm just fired up well, just to even like, Hey, why don't you match him up on a six, five tight end? Like that's what we did for four years. You know? Yeah. Hey, match Bert, him up on Travis <laughs> yeah, whatever. They, yeah. And then, uh, 2017 in the second round, we, we took, uh, Obi Melifonwu mm, and, yeah. and Gruden had said like, look, we drafted two safeties in, you know, uh, top two, you know, first two rounds, two years in a row. Like, I just couldn't necessarily pull the trigger on another safety in Derwin James and neither of those players are on our team. Uh, yeah. Anymore, so, yeah. So Love. instead of taking Minka Fitzpatrick or mm-hmm. Derwin James we could have taken Minka Fitzpatrick. We traded back to 15 for a third round pick. We use that on Martavius Bryant that worked out. Mm-hmm. And then we passed on Derwin James for Colton Miller who has risen and yes, he's better he's done but well done with that. Carl Joseph, I'm coming after you this week. <laughs> um, so I guess if we're, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Raiders defense against the Browns offense. I, I feel like, well, here's where I'll start is the Browns. Um, they had a three headed monster come into the year and that was Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham Jr. Austin Hooper. Um, Nick Chubb goes on IR um, out for four to five weeks. Odell Beckham, they lost him last week um, for the season. Austin Hooper is out, not playing this week. So that revised three headed monster is now Kareem Hunt. Jarvis Landry, and then some combination of Harrison Bryant and David Njoku. So their um, threats are a little uh, minimized here. It's a little bit different, which bodes well for us. You know, we got the luxury of not playing against Michael Thomas um, on the, against the Saints, which was great for us. But I just all in all, I do think schematically we match up well against them. They, they have been explosive this year at times. They have been inconsistent. Baker has been inconsistent, um, but really – this is the Steven, Steven, Kevin Stefanski offense um, coming from Minnesota, comes over to the Browns as the head coach, um, and they are a run-first, play-action-based team to the core. So the reason I'm not as worried is I think we have done a good job of stopping the run and controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, and I do think off of play-action, that's fine, but they aren't as versatile. Think about the teams that we've played. We've played the Saints, we played the Chiefs, we played the Bills. All three of those teams have a thousand different plays, a thousand different routes, a thousand different rubs and motions and whatever you want to call it. Right. So they have so many different ways to attack you. And just for my, for my money, the Browns are pretty vanilla. They're pretty, they work off play action. Um, They have been effective, but I don't think they have enough weapons to really scare us. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if we put Trayvon Mullen on Jarvis Landry, but that being said, Landry moves all around the offense and I really think this is something where we could just take man, mix it up with some zone, 
some zone scheme and, and do some blitzes off the edge. But this game is going to be one in the trenches. Um, the Browns also have another injury with Wyatt Teller, who's a guard who is out. And so, so really it's, it's, it, we have to be able to take advantage of that. And this D line has to right the ship a little bit as we got exposed last week against a really good Buccaneers team, good O line, good offense um, collectively, but a big factor in this game, which if you were betting this game, which I'm not, hammer the so people look at this and say brown's defense sucks raiders defense sucks hammer the over i'm sitting here telling you saying it's going to rain and the wind is going to be upwards of 50 miles an hour whether that's going to be consistent or not not sure but what that's going to cause is a very protective game look for Carr and baker mayfield to hand the ball off with two hands as you know when it gets wet (laughs) or when it gets you know a little nasty out there that's kind of what they do but it's gonna it's gonna be a little slippery out there which can cause dbs to slip but also can cause errant throws, can cause balls off the hands, you know, across the middle. So I think we have to watch out for the conditions. It might be a slower pace game, um, which we like really. I mean, we kind of like the slower ground and pound game, which I think we can do, as you mentioned, on the offensive side and really on the defensive side, we have to be able to get off on third down. As always, we have to be able to mix up our coverages, but I think this is one of the first games um, where we can say, Hey, I think we can match up man for man with our secondary against your receiving core. So all that considered, I think it's a good matchup for us. I don't think they throw a ton at you, um, but really we have to be able to, once again, we have to get to Baker and get him off his rhythm. He is a big rhythm guy. So I know I say rhythm a lot with quarterbacks and that's more like the, you know, get the snap, work the reads, bang. He, he is that, but he, I'm saying more of, he's more of a, a juice guy. You know, once he gets going, he kind of gets going and he's tough. You saw that in college. You saw that at the end of the Bengals game, he started off the game 0 for five with a pick ended it 22 of 23. And the one incompletion was a spike. <laughs> there you have it. Um, so he got hot at the end of the game. So you don't want to catch him in, in, in that, you know, heat or in that rhythm. So I would just say we got to be able to confuse them. We got to be able to complicate it. But once again, I think we can trust ourselves in man. If we stay in man, that does help us when we're in, when, when we're defending the run. Um, Cause then everyone can kind of stay, stay in their gaps in, in a sense, right. They don't have to be so subject to dropping into zone or whatever it may be. So I think we can control the line of scrimmage. We have to, we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice of whether getting to the, to the quarterback. And I think this is a game that, as you mentioned, the offense is going to need to put up some points, but man, defense, you got to show up. You got to show up and you got to make some plays. That's turnovers. That's getting off on third down and we got to get home. So I, I like the matchup because of that. It's, it's still one of those things where you can make an average offense look good against our defense, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it always worries me. Um, traveling always is a worrisome thing, but you know, it's going to be rainy. It's going to be wet. Everyone's going to be dealing with it. So we got to roll with some momentum here on the defensive side and set our offense up with good field position and kind of go from there. But anything to add there on the defensive side? No, I, I think you, you nailed every single point. I, you know, we, we don't turn the ball over. We have are so bad at getting turnovers in general that we, this is going to be a big one on, you know, trying to limit Baker Mayfield from getting hot. Let's try to get some turnovers. Let's get to the quarterback. Let's play man, you know, give, give our corners a shot of, you know, just winning the battle one-on-one. I think that I'm hopeful for our defense to be able to step up and, and kind of have a bounce back game, but also at the same time, like you said, just rough going into it. And, you know, an average offense can make our, de- you know, can look good against our defense. And so it's going to be very interesting. I will say though, that the Raiders offense on the cool throne as they have been practicing all week with a wet football in preparation for right. 
the conditions uh, on Sunday. So feel real good just based off of that. And they're going to be used to it. So, and if you're into prop bets, I would say by four minutes into the first quarter. So if it does start raining from the beginning, if we're dealing with rain from the get go, um, how about, how about this? Once it starts raining, it will be about three and a half minutes until you can't tell what Jonathan Abrams Jersey looks like. (laughs) It's just going to, he's going to be flying around and probably going to be head bombing people and just diving and sliding across the field. So give it three and a half minutes. He's going to be covered, but we need him back. I'm glad he's back for us. Um, it'll be great when we get our net back. Um, I know Arden key is um, doubtful, so we probably won't have him for the rotation in the D line, but they got to step up. They got to make some plays, but we'll see, man. Um, we also might see a, um, first sighting of uh, David Irving too on the, on the D line potentially. So, Mm -hmm. um, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I did forget to mention this in the rundown, but as we always do predictions, um, we have, uh, the Browns two and a half point favorites against the Raiders. What do you have for, for the outcome of that game or this game? Well, I am wholeheartedly confident that the Raiders are going to win this game. So that obviously I think they cover in that. I think that Raiders are going to go out. Uh, there's going to be, despite the fact that it's going to be rainy, it's going to be some uncertain weather and whatnot. I think the Raiders are still going to put up some points. Hopefully we can limit them from putting up some points, but I have the Raiders winning 30, 21. Yep. Love that. Um, I will, I too will take the Raiders covering. I have cursed us a couple times here, but you know, I want to be true. I want to stick to what I believe in. Um, and I do think the Raiders, um, I think they need it more. I think they need it more than the Browns. This is one of the games on the schedule that we need to win. Um, we had a tough going in the first six games, came out 500. So we need to get back above 500. Um, I think the Raiders do win. I think it is, um, you know, I'm going to go 27 to 20, um, sprinkle a couple, couple field goals in there for both teams. And I'll say 27, 20 Raiders cover, get the dub on the road big time. So yeah, I think this will be a big, I mean, this could be a, a big, I guess, statement game for the Raiders on, you know, having a bounce back game is kind of, you know, from the first half of our season being really tough, this is kind of like that last little like quote unquote, you know, good team that's on our tough schedule. It starts to kind of get a little easier from here. Uh, so yep. yeah, could be a big, could be a big game, uh, would go a long way and not only getting the W, but also kind of, you know, winning pretty outright and not letting it come down to the end. So yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it shapes out. Tune in 10 AM Sunday morning, Browns Raiders. It's going to be a big one for us. Um, so you want to close this out here? We got a couple listener questions. Let's roll through those. Our first listener question today comes from not only a man who has supported us and really voiced his opinion at times to us, but really the reason why we are in the position we are talking about the Raiders and as diehard of fans of the Raiders as we are in Danny Meldrum. So this comes from Danny Meldrum at Mel Dreamy on Twitter. If some ungodly thing happened to Gruden, what football coach would you want to lead the Raiders? And he did specify it can be anybody, be any coach at all, whether they're on a team now or not, whoever. Uh, I think probably just obviously has to be alive. That's probably the only stipulations alive and a real person. So, but anybody in the NFL, what do you got? So that's a good question. Um, Mel Dreamy, Danny, Daniel, the manual, as I like to call him. It's a good, good, good cue, man. You know, you are the reason we are this diehard of Raiders. We thank you for that. We also thank you for your kind support. We also thank you for the kind jabs that you take at us. Any chance you get, 
but I think that keeps us humble, keeps us on the straight and narrow. You know, I would say my first inkling would be Coach Klein, um, Coach Klein for the you know Water Boys Mud Dogs. But since the Bourbon Bowl, he has since retired, so he's not in a coaching vacancy anymore. But I'm going to go with something realistic. Um, if he was available, and it is my favorite coach in the NFL, and it's Kyle Shanahan. Now, I did disclaimer. By the way, I did earlier say that I hate the Niners, but I respect Shanahan. Um, that's why I hate the Niners because they have Shanahan. Um, he's someone that he schemes um, game in and game out, game out, um, and it's it's really something that they're always in the game. Um, but the players aren't always the best around them. Um, you know, I think what bothers me at times with Gruden or with with other coaches too is, is they kind of just stick with what they know. Um, they stick with what works for their offense, which I understand you have to evaluate strengths and weaknesses, but um, Shanahan is someone who is, he kind of tears the page out every week and says, okay, who are we playing against? I'm going to scheme against them with my players compared to scheme my players against this defense. I know that sounds similar, but it's different um, theoretically. So Shanahan's probably the guy. I think he's also, you know, he's innovative. He's younger. He can kind of relate to the players a little bit more. Um, he's been in the NFL for so long under his father, Mike Shanahan. Um, so I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's great. Um, and I, I'm really jealous of the fact that the Niners have him. Um, and, and I think he's just someone who maximizes his talent. Um, that is of the roster that's on the offensive side of the ball. He's someone that takes advantages of matchups, very Belichick esque, where he makes the defense play left-handed. So I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. What about you? Nice. Definitely a great choice. Um, my choice for this question was also someone that was on the younger side of things and has been referred to many a times as baby Gruden, and that is Sean McVay. I think that with McVay, you kind of get, you know, uh, a little bit of the things that make Gruden great uh, with a like newer age style of being able to kind of incorporate a kind of higher flying offense, adjust to things on the go, um, not so stubborn and set in his ways on his scheme. Going that route, you know, we essentially see a, the new age version of John Gruden someone who big time on the run game, but also can adjust on the fly and, you know, just go out there and put up points. So keep it short and sweet, but yeah, Sean McVay, my choice for interim head coach. Gruden goes down. Now those, those are my top two. So I'm glad that you had that. Um, but no, I agree. I like McVay a lot. He does have a little bit of Gruden to him, man. He just happens to remember everything. Yeah. Um, and Gruden doesn't always, but well, that's a great question. I can, Rattle off the second one if you want. Yeah, we got one more. Got uh, got DM to the Raider Take Podcast Twitter page. Um, why don't you go ahead with it? Yeah, so this one is, um, I mean, this is from the guy. This is from, you know, Steady Eddie. He's, he's not going nowhere, folks. Some people have tried to dethrone him in the weeks, um, but kind of backed off. That's not a shot at Cub Boy. That's not a shot at Ditto Tate. It's not a shot at anyone. It's just something that people should consider. If you are serious about this RTP listener of the year award, you got to be consistent. That's all we ask. Just be consistent and then we'll, we'll evaluate. So um, B Bauer, thank you as always big part of this. He says, Hey, RTP. And I hadn't read this just yet, but he says the champ is here. That's bold. Maybe that's bold. He says, power rank the following guys being dudes moments. Okay. So we have four of them. So this is guys being dudes got thrown the old pigskin with the boys. Okay. 
drinking a few cold ones. That's guys being dudes. Going to an Indian slash Livermore casino with the boys. Huh? It's, it's interesting. Oh, very specific. <laughs> very specific. You know, I'm not sure what he's exactly talking about, but I might remember. Um, and then just watching the game at B Dubs with the boys. Power rank those number. Go four through one. Go go. Not four, like the four weakest. Through one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go four through one because we okay. want the we want the number one to end. We want it to be on top, just mm-hmm. like B Bauer is currently, as he stated. The champ is here, Mr. McDonald. So uh, for for me, my number four is going to be going to an Indian slash Livermore casino because that it doesn't resonate here. Um, I, I I feel like it's something that's oddly specific, not something I can relate to. Though I understand that going to a casino with the boys in general, that can be a big time guys being dudes, playing blackjack, getting drinks, you know, whatevs. Uh, That's my number four. Number three for me would be watching the game at B-dubs. reason that's number three for me is because you can watch the game elsewhere and still be a guy being a dude with other guys being dudes. But B-Dubs is a great place to go. So it hit three for me just because it's, you know, you don't have to go to B-Dubs to do that. But definitely on the top of the list of places to do it at. Uh, number two for me is going to be drinking a few cold ones. You know, it can be very up and down. You know, if you're if you're having a few cold ones with the boys, it, you know, you can really talk about whatever you want and get into whatever you want. Uh, you know, it, it could be a fantastic time where you're reminiscing about stories. It can kind of just be, you know, whatever chill back. And then, so number one for me would be throwing the old pigskin. And the reason that one's number one is because that starts from an early age. You know, you're, you're a little kid and you're just a, a kid being dudes with guys being dudes. And you learn from an early age that like, that's just the thing guys do. You throw around the pigskin. You always want to, you know, to incorporate Mel dreamy again, you know, older brother, halftime of the Raider games. If we weren't raking up leaves, we were outside throwing the pigskin around. So, you know, I think because that starts from an early age that uh, that's got to be number one because, you know, you just end up doing it forever. So that's my power rankings. No, I love that. Um, And I love this question. I think it's a good one because really none of these are bad. Mm -hmm. They're all great. Anytime you're just being, being with the guys, as long as you're being a dude with the guys, then that's good alignment. So uh, my list is a little different. I think that's good for content. So um, number four, I'm actually going to put as watching the game at B-dubs. And here's why. I love B-dubs. I mentioned it earlier. I watched the draft at B-dubs. But when he says the game, I think of the Raider game. And he knows this. A lot of people know this. I, um, I hate being in public watching the Raider game. I'm, I can't be trusted in public watching the Raider game, especially at B-dubs. You got guys wearing anywhere from Bills to Bengals to Dolphins to Washington football team jerseys out there, and they're just wrapping a jersey, and they're trying to have a good time, and, I, and I'm good with that. Okay, I'm actually a big bi-week B-dubs guy because there's no stress. Mm-hmm. No stress, God bless. Raiders aren't playing. So, you know, that's why I put it at number four because if, if we're talking the Raider game, I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. It's just stressful puts me in a weird spot so you know that's why i put it there i love b-dubs it's a great environment love the wings love the peeps love the boys it's number four not for my game not for the raider game at least number three number three is gonna be this might be problematic i'm gonna put drinking a few cold ones at number three mm-hmm. here's why drinking a few cold ones with the boys great i can do that anywhere 
um, because it's so versatile, it doesn't always capture the moment. Um, drinking a couple beers at a tailgate, it's all about tailgate, right? Drinking a couple beers with the boys at a barbecue, right? So it's, it's pretty versatile and that's why I respect it. But I think it's also, it doesn't stand out to me because all these things, I'm even throwing the pigskin with a cold one in my left hand, you know? So I think I want it to stand out, but I want to give it some respect that it deserves. Um, so I'm gonna put it at number three. Number two, go into an Indian and Livermore casino. So this <laughs> hit a little bit closer to home with me than it may have you. That it did. Um, me and B Bauer, um, I'm not gonna say when, I'm not gonna say how or why. We, we've ventured a couple times. We've dipped our toes in a few few casinos and a few Indian ones, some Liver, Livermore ones. You wanna hear a story? For the sure. fans at least. Yeah. Um, so we were living with, this is going to show my hand a lot with the the listeners, um, but I was living with two gentlemen. One of them happened to be B. Bauer. So we're going our separate ways. We do our year lease. We're going our separate ways and we're like, all right, boys, you know, let's make sure this thing's cleaned up. Let's make sure we're on, on out of here. Um, there's always like the, how do you want to do the, the deposit? You know, how do you want to do the cleaning deposit? And we're like, Hey, I think it's, it's fair. We all put in equally. Let's take out equally. We, we had like, I think got like 300 bucks back, right? We didn't, it's not like we trashed the place, but we were clean-ish, you know? Um, it wasn't a big deposit to begin with. So we got back 300 bucks. So we're like, hey, 100 bucks each. So we're walking out the door, closing the door on what was a great ride at Parkwood. And we all looked at each other. And we were like, man, this can't be over, right? This can't be over like that. So- Not like this. Not like this. Not like so this. So <laughs> we're like, how do we shut the door, but maybe just give it one last ride? So we took that 300 bucks, hundred bucks equally at 10 AM on a Saturday morning. And we drove to the Livermore casino and we said, we said, we're going to put our cleaning deposit. We're going to put it on blackjack one hand to rule them all, put it down. We won 600 bucks. Ooh. And then we walked out. It was about a 12 minute adventure. There was a lot of <laughs> temptation to go back. Yeah. A lot of temptation to let it ride. We did not but I thought it was a cool moment um, between the three of us. It was fun. It's memorable. That's how we went out. So that's why I put it number two is a little closer to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, B Bauer and I might have experienced a couple different adventures, but we'll save that for another time. So that's number two. Number one is throwing the old pigskin. There's just nothing else that really mm -hmm. just identifies with guys being dudes. You know, it's, it's like when you just roll up and, and, you know, someone's got the pigskin in their hand, someone's bringing it, you know, so whether it's just casually in the backyard throwing it, whether it's thrown in the house, which mama said you should not. Mm -hmm. um, or if, if you're just like, hey, let's get a good old Thanksgiving pick em up game. Something about throwing the pigskin that resonates with me that I thought was so fun when we were kids is, is that Mel Dreamy would, you know, he's like, hey, let's just go throw the ball around. And he would be like, go deep, right? And we just, we just sprint down the field, sprint down the backyard or Billy Park, wherever we are. And he just throws bombs to us. As a kid, I loved it. I started to realize that was kind of, you know, he kind of played us there. He's like, yeah. I'll go throw the pigskin with you, but I'm going to make you run like 60 yards. I'm going to throw this as far as can. So he's like kind of flexing on us where he's, he's like, no, I'm fun brother. He's also showing off his arm, but he's also like, man, I'm not running around here. I'm just going to send you on go routes. Mm -hmm. Like it's dang Kerry Collins and Randy Moss, you know, Niners all day. Yeah. So that's uh that's what we did, but throwing the pigskin, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like getting out in the cold, brisk air of fall Thanksgiving time. First couple throws you're giving your, you know, right in the hand and making sure it's warmed up, just kind of letting it rip. So that's number one. I think it's a great question. Mm -hmm. Takes you down memory lane a little bit. A lot of respect for that. A lot of respect for that list, your list. 
and a like mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think two great lists for sure. Cool. Well, that wraps up our uh, Browns preview pod. Uh, as always, rate, subscribe, review, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, wherever you see it. Hit us up on Twitter. The Raider Take Podcast at Take Raider. Uh, send us some DMs with questions. Add us with questions. Just uh, let us know what you think. We appreciate everybody that shows support and everybody listening. And hopefully Raiders can go out and get a W this weekend. Yep, big game. Raider Nation, stand up. Yep. We got a roll. But good stuff, man. I'm excited for it. Thanks as always. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. See you next time. Yep.